Uh, today we are continuing our series, Unshakable Faith, and we are going through the 23rd Psalm. And so if you have your Bible, we're going to be looking at just one verse today, Psalm chapter 23 and verse number 4. So it's going to be, it's going to be a verse that you are very familiar with. And I, I love that last song that, we just, uh, that the band just played because it really fits in well with uh, Psalm 23 verse number 4. And uh, one thing that it is pointing out is that there, there are just simply going to be times in life when you are going to go through you know, just deep, dark spots in life. There's going to be valleys that you're going to face in life. And then the question is, when that happens, how are you going to respond to it? Uh, let, let me share with you a story. I, I just found it so interesting. There's a guy named Ronald Pinkerton. He's a writer. And one of his hobbies is he loves to hang glide. I have no idea why anybody would want to do that, but he loves to hang glide. He said he was uh, going out, and he had his hang glider on. He runs. He goes over the side of a cliff. He said it was an absolutely perfect day. So went over the side of the cliff, said I caught an updraft. He said I was 4,000 feet in the air. He says I was 4,000 feet in the air. He said I hit a really bad case of wind shear. Now, whenever that happens, it's just like the bottom drops out. He said, I began to plummet straight to the ground. And he said, I could not get control of my hang glider. And he said, I was fighting it, trying to do whatever I could. And he said, but it just so happened that next to me, he said, there was a red-tailed hawk that was caught up in the same downdraft that I was in. And he said, I looked at that bird and I thought, man, that thing's a bird. It knows what to do. Whatever it does, I'm just going to copy that bird. And he said, I watched the bird, and he said, that bird put his wings behind him and put his beak straight towards the ground. And he said, I looked at that thing and thought, well, great. The one bird in the world I'm going to follow, and it has a death wish. And he said, so I decided to do the same thing. He said, so I just started aiming straight towards the ground. He said, we are hurtling towards the ground, and several hundred feet before they hit the ground, he said, we caught an updraft, and I was able to pull out of it. Now, now there are going to be times when we are all in a similar situation, not hang gliding, but you know, just in life, where we are caught in a downdraft, and we are hurtling towards the ground. And whenever that happens, the big question for you and for me is, what in the world are we going to do? Because the fact of the matter is, we will all get caught up in a downdraft in life. And the Bible tells us this. I, I shared this verse last week. First uh, Peter 4.12 says, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which await you. You know, just stuff like this happens in life. Jesus said in John 16.33, In this world, Jesus said, You will have trouble. So if those things are true, then what are we supposed to do? You know, how, how are we supposed to get out of these downdrafts in life? Because one thing I am figuring out more and more is that, you know, the, the dark valleys in life, the trouble spots in life, they, they don't discriminate against people. I mean, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're wealthy or if you're poor. It doesn't matter if you're educated or not educated. It doesn't matter what neighborhood you live in. Downdrafts in life, dark valleys in life, come to every person that's alive. So this is my motivational speech for y'all today. So, so if that happens, then what in the world do we do? Now, this is easier said than done, but when you're in a downdraft in life, and some of you might be in a valley right now, 
there are actually things that can be a blessing to you in valleys. First uh, Peter 1, 6 and 7 says, For a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. That might be some of you today. You're going through some grief. You have some trials you're facing. But here's what Peter said. He said, These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So here's what's being said. There are times when valleys will come into your life, and those valleys can actually be the very things that will bless and strengthen your life. I said we look at King David. David wrote the 23rd Psalm. And David wrote in verse number 4 about a valley that he was going through in his life. And he shares with us a few lessons that, that we can glean from him that will help us move through those dark valleys in our lives. So, so what are the lessons? We're just going to look at three of them today. And here's the first lesson I see that can help us move through dark valleys in life. The very first one is this. Refuse to be discouraged. When you are heading into a valley... Or when you're in a valley, refuse to be discouraged. Uh, verse number four. That's what David wrote. He said, even when I go through the darkest valley, and that's not the way I learned it, even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, David wrote, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You might say, okay, so you tell me, when I'm going through a valley, I'm not supposed to be discouraged. I mean, how in the world can I not be discouraged when the only thing that is happening to me is just like really bad stuff? I mean, is that even possible? Well, it is possible. And it's not because of who you are, but it's because of who we say we worship. It's God, because of who God is. Uh, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so I look at David, and David says, even though I am walking through the, the valley of the shadow of death, or as my text says, even though I'm walking through the darkest of valleys, David wrote this. He said, I will fear no evil. Now, now here's what is interesting to me. He talks about the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, about every other year, Emily and I, and then just some, some people from church, uh, we, we go to Israel, and uh, one of the things, on one of the trips, whenever we were in Israel, we learned this. There is actually a road that's in between uh, the Dead Sea area, which is near Jericho, and Jerusalem, which is only 38 miles apart, but there is a road between those two places that is called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. It is a road that's been around since David's time. So there's a really good chance that whenever David wrote verse number 4, this is the road that he had in mind. And he said, well, why did they call it the valley of the shadow of death? Because it is one scary road. We've been on that road. We're on it in a bus. And there's no guardrails. And so we're kind of going up it. And you can look over the side, and there's just not, it's a sheer cliff. And so they call it the valley of the shadow of death. So, I mean, shepherds a lot of times would use this road to take their sheep from one place to another because they're looking for food. And so if the sheep are walking on this road and they lose their footing just a little bit, guess what? It is lamb chop time. Okay, they ain't, they ain't going to survive. They're going to die. But this road was also a road that robbers liked to hide out on, and they would attack people on this steep road because they didn't have anywhere to go. And they'd beat them up and, and leave them for dead. 
and this is a little side note, it's kind of interesting. A lot of people believe this is the road that Jesus was referencing when he told the story of the Good Samaritan. Remember whenever they, they beat that guy up and left him for dead? A lot of people believe it was on this road that it happened. So the valley of the shadow of death, it is, it is an interesting road. But David said, when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, if you look in verse number 4, what, what did he say he would not do? I will fear no evil. I mean, it's called the valley of the shadow of death. David said, but I will fear no evil. Now, that word will, it, imp- it implies a choice. I mean, right? David said, I will fear no evil. It, it, it implies a choice. David is making a choice that I will not be overwhelmed by fear. Now, why would he say that? Well, it's because of what verse number 4 says next. For you are with me. David was making a choice that he would not be overcome by fear. And, and I want to I share this with you. Whenever you go through valleys, and you will, my encouragement for you is to make a decision to choose not to be overwhelmed by fear. And I know, I know that's easier said than done. You know, I can stand up here and say, this is what y'all need to do. I can say it, then you go live it. And that's easy. But it, it's hard to pull off. But David said, you can do this because of what God lets us know. He says, I will be with you. So the question is, when you go through valleys, where's your focus? You know, you can take two people, and you can stick them in the same situation. You can stick them in a place where it's chaotic, you know, where things aren't going well, where they are facing tragedy, and, 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 and the people will respond differently. One person will thrive in it. We've all seen that before. Then you'll see another person, and they're absolutely crushed by it. So what's the difference? It's where they place their focus. And David said, I want you to place your focus not on your problems, not on your circumstances, but place them upon the God that you serve. Don't focus on your weakness, but instead focus on the power of God. Colossians 1.11 says, be strengthened with all power. How? According to his glorious might, God's glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Now, if you try to go through valleys in life all by yourself, and you can do it for a little while, but you're going to get tired eventually. You're going to get worn out. I mean, I I don't care how strong you are, your endurance is not going to last forever. I don't care how tough you are, doesn't matter. Eventually, your batteries in life are going to get drained, especially if you're going through a valley of the shadow of death. It is going to wear you out. So the question is, who's charging you up so that you can make it through? You know, I was was a little bit late on the smartphone phenomenon. And uh, I guess my my in-laws, I guess it was about seven seven or eight years ago, they got me my very first iPhone. And uh, so I think they were just embarrassed, and so they wanted me to catch up with the time. So they got me this phone. And and it's really, I mean, phones are really, they're fascinating. I mean, the very first phone I ever had, I had a Nokia phone. Y'all remember those? Greatest phone. I mean, you could run over them with a truck, and they didn't break. They were great. But they, they didn't have a whole lot of technology in them other than you call people. And then I got this iPhone. Y'all, I mean, I could, I could get, you know, I can get email. I can watch, you know, I can watch sports on it. I could play Temple Run. 
on it. I dominated. And so so much stuff I could do on that. But whenever I use it so much, you, you man, you drain the battery. So if, if y'all know, I mean, your battery just goes down so fast. And so whenever I have that phone, one thing I have in, in, my, in my car, at the office, at the house, I, I have a charger. Because if I want that phone to work, you know, i got to plug it in, right? Because if not, it's going to get drained. That, okay, then that's you. That's me. If we, if we try to do all this stuff in life, eventually you're going to get drained. So you better make sure that you are plugged in to the power source, which is the God of Scripture, who tells us that he can walk us through the darkest valleys in life. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, is I think Psalm 38, 14, it's just a really cool verse. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now, are you drained? It says, the Lord is close to people like that. He's close to people who are broken. David knew that, and that's why he wrote that when he went through the valley of the shadow of death, he would fear no evil because of who God is. Romans 8.31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? So if you're going through the valley right now, you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you can learn some lessons to move through it. First of all, refuse to be discouraged. Not because of who you are, but because of who God is. But another lesson to learn to move through the valley of life is this. Remember that God is with you. Because when you're going through a valley, it is real easy to feel like you're the only person in the world going through it, and you were all by yourself, and nobody cares. But that's not what David wrote. Verse number four again. Even when I go through the darkest valleys, he says, I fear no danger. Why? For you are with me. Now, whenever you think of King David, you think of David in the Bible, tell me, what is the most famous story associated with David? What is it? Bathsheba. Man, I was hoping nobody would say that. Yeah, so Bathsheba, that's not a good one. But we're, I'm gonna, let's go with David and Goliath, right? So David and Goliath. Uh, that Bathsheba, that's another sermon, brother. We'll, we'll, we'll hit that one later. We'll hit that one in our marriage series. Yeah, so David and Goliath. Favorite, not Bathsheba. David and Goliath is my favorite, all-time favorite story in the Bible. As a kid, I love that story. So, so what's the big deal about the story? Well, you have a, you have a young guy named David. And he stands up says, hey, there's a giant out there. I'll, t- I'll take him on. David, is a, he's a shepherd. The only thing he has is he has a sling and five stones. That's it. And, and there's Goliath. Goliath is over nine, like nine and a half feet tall. He has on 150 pounds of armor. He is intimidating and scary. And, and what does David do? He beats him. That's exactly right. And, he, and, and man, he takes care of business. So then I look, okay, so I, I know that story, and then I go back to verse number four, and what does David say? I will fear no evil. Oh, well, of course he's not. I mean, David has, he has whooped up on a giant. Why would he ever fear evil? He's victorious. He beats giants. But David was not fearless because of who he was. He didn't say, you know, I am so tough, nobody can take me. That was not his attitude at all. In verse number four, he said, I will not have fear for a very simple reason. It is because of God is with me. David decided that he was not going to allow fear to dominate because of who God is. Did you know that that God gives you the same promises that he gave to David? When he told David, I'm with you, did you know that's true for you as well? 
Dude, God's with you. Isaiah 43, 2. This is God speaking to his people. He said, when you pass through the waters, the dark, dark places, he says, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You know, the last thing that Jesus told his disciples before he ascended into heaven was Matthew 28, 20. Jesus told his disciples, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Yeah, God's not up in heaven looking down at us. He said, I cannot believe they are messing up again. He doesn't look down at us and say, you know, I, I am so sick and tired of telling them what to do, how to do it right. I'm done. You know, good luck. That's not what God does. What does God do? Well, according to verse number four, he stays with his people. You know, God, God doesn't just view people as like a science project. When he sees us going through valleys in life, God doesn't stand back and say, I wonder what they're going to do now. What does God do? He stays with you. He's there in order to encourage you. You know, whenever you are in a valley in life, the last thing you want to do is, if you're like, I think most of us are like this, the last thing you want to do is talk religion. What you want to do is you want to talk to God. When you're in a valley, I mean, I don't know, I know I'm guessing you're like me. When you're in a valley, God, get me out of this. God, God, what is going on? I don't understand. You are talking to God because you want God to hear you. You want God to respond to you. And God wants you to talk to him. You know, that's how, that's how relationships are developed. You, you don't develop a relationship by talking about someone. You develop a relationship by talking to someone. You know, with your wife, you don't, you don't develop a relationship with them by talking about them. You develop a relationship by talking to them. Now, this verse isn't just, you know, it's not just talking about a road that's named the valley of the shadow of death. It's, it's talking about something else as well. When it says, I, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it, it's, it's speaking of a road we're all going to travel someday. And then that is the road of death. Man, that is a scary road for a lot of us. You know, one, one, of the, one of the scariest things for people to deal with in life is the fact that there's going to be a day when we are all going to face death. But David says, you don't have to be fearful of it. He says, you don't have to be afraid of death. Now, why is that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One is if you're a follower of God, God says, listen, death, death's not the end for you. He says, I have another place for you that I'm preparing for you. Jesus told his disciples in John 14, 2 and 3, in my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go and prepare a place for you. And he said, if I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus said, I, Jesus said, I'm going to come again, and I'm going to receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So this isn't it. That's why David said, when he looks at death, so when I go through the valley, he said, it is a shadow. Now, shadows are scary at times. You know, have you ever seen people, when, I, when our kids were little, little, I could make, I'd do hand puppets, I could do hand puppets on the, or shadow puppets on the side of the wall. You can make them big and scary like they're eating your kids. You know, they get frightened. But you know what? Shadows, there is no bite in shadows. There is no power in shadows. They look scary, but they cannot cause harm. Now, what does David say about death? 
He said, death for a believer is merely a shadow. What? How? Well, because your life and my life, it is a seed that God has made. And before a seed can grow and become what God wants it to be, what do you have to do to a seed? You've got you to gotta plant it, and then you water it. And then you know what that seed does? It dies. And then after it dies, it grows. That's what the Bible tells us about life. 1 Corinthians 15, 42 says, The body that is sown perishable, it will be raised imperishable. It's sown in dishonor, it will be raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, it's raised in power. It's sown in natural body, it's raised a spiritual body. Now guys, let me tell you something. We don't have to be fearful of the valleys that we're going to walk through in life. And, and we have some lessons here to learn on how not to do that. Refuse to be discouraged. Remember God is with you. And here's the last one. And then rely on God's protection and guidance. And if you look at the end of verse number 4, it says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, a shepherd always carried with him a rod and a staff. Now, the, the rod part, was it was, it was, a, it was a two-foot-long rod with a big knot on the end of it, a big ball on the end of it. And shepherds were like experts at hurling these things at predators. And so they'd throw them at a predator. That big old knot would hit the predator and, and scare it off, and, and it would run away. And so he would carry that thing in order to keep predators off of his sheep. And so what David is saying, so listen, you need to understand that God is your protector like that. His rod and his staff, they will comfort you. Did you know that, that whenever God protects his sheep, do you know how many sheep that God has lost over the years? that are his sheep? None. God never loses his sheep. When you're under the protection of the shepherd, it is good for all time. He's always protecting you. He has that staff. And you, know, you think that big, that big thing with the big hook in it, like a big old candy cane. Yeah, you, you know what he used that for? You know, the shepherd would use it to keep his balance, but he'd also use it whenever his sheep would get into trouble. He would use that hook to grab the sheep and pull them out of danger. But some commentators said that that shepherd would also use that, that um, staff so that whenever the sheep were going by, it's how he would count his sheep. He'd just kind of point at them, one, two, three, or he, he called them out by name. And if he missed a sheep, if there was one of his sheep was missing, you know what the shepherd would do? He'd go looking for him. That's what God does. And he never loses his sheep. There is nothing that will ever keep you away from God when you are in his fold. Now, now, we all know that valleys valleys are a part of life. Valleys are what happen in life. And so the question is, what do I do when I go through a valley? David says, you trust in God's protection and guidance. And when you do that, it says that God will bring you comfort. When speaking of that word comfort, it's speaking of taking a sheep and bringing him back onto the right path. You know, sheep are prone to wonder without leadership. And so when you wander off the path, the shepherd will go and get you and put you back on the right path. Now, if you're not on the right path, you're lost. And it's frustrating being lost. Any of y'all, have you ever been lost before? It's, it's, it's not any fun. Our family moved, we moved to Columbia back in 1986. And if you're not from Columbia, it, it's, it's, a, it's a hard place to get around. And you might be thinking, what are you talking about? Well, let me explain. I remember I was, uh, I was in high school. I was a senior in high school. And I had a friend who said, I'm gonna meet you. I'll meet you at Richland Mall. All right, so I'm downtown. I was like, hey, well, how do I go? Where is that? He goes, well, it's off of, it's off of um, Forest Drive. It's on your right. I'm in downtown Columbia. I'm looking for Forest Drive. 
So I start driving around. I can't find it. I'm like, this is a stupid sense of where is forced drive. After an hour of driving around, because the typical guy thing, I can't find it, so I drive around for an hour. I finally pull into a gas station. I think, where is forced drive? And the guy at the gas station said, well, you get on Taylor Street. I say, well, what does that do? He goes, well, it turns into forced drive. God never knew that. I mean, just have you all noticed that? If you're not, do you all notice, does that drive you crazy like me? The roads, this road, Rymer Pond Road, did you know it becomes Kelly Mill Road? I don't know why. It just changes. It makes no sense whatsoever. I was about to lose my, my ever-loving mind. And so I finally, you know, I finally found it, but roads change names in the middle of the street. Now, I really believe there's a lot of us, we go through life frustrated because we are lost and we don't know stuff like this. And, and things just change right in the middle of life. You know, you'll get a phone call right in the middle of life. You know, you'll, 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 you'll be surprised by something that you weren't expecting and you feel lost. But here's what David said. He said that God's rod and staff will comfort you. In other words, will put you back on the right path. When you allow the shepherd to lead and guide, you will not be lost. You want to get through valleys in life? There's a few lessons. David teaches, refuse to be discouraged. Remember, God is with you. And rely on God's protection and guidance. Have you done that? Are you relying upon God for direction and guidance in your life? Are you trying to do it by yourself? Because if you have not done that, I promise you, you are going to walk around in this life lost. And if you want comfort knowing that even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and you want to know that God is with you, follow him. Now here's how I'd like to close out. I'd just like for you to bow your head and close your eyes. And, and there's some of you today and you say, you know what, I, I need that. I need to follow him. Then you just simply, where you're seated, you can talk to God and pray this prayer after me and just simply pray to him and say, Jesus, today I want to put myself under your care. I believe you're my only hope in life and I am trusting in you to redeem me and to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I am sorry for my sin. And I'm asking you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Now, if you pray that, we want you to, to, to get on the, the right path, the right journey. And so you, where you can take your bulletin out, you can open it up, fill up that contact form. Check that line. It says, I commit my life to Christ today. You tear it out. We're going to have ushers at the back holding baskets, and you can, you can drop that slip of paper in the basket, and we can get you some information in the mail about growing in a walk with Christ. Now, others of you are believers, but maybe you are going through a valley right now that has caused you to feel lost and discouraged. And if that's you, I want you, that is normal. But I want to encourage you this week, over the 23rd Psalm and just read what it says and take it to heart and claim these promises and I really believe you're going to walk away being encouraged I believe you'll be encouraged that whenever you see that even when you're walking through dark times there is a shepherd who stands with us to help us to walk through those dark valleys so we can get to the other side Heavenly Father, I am am grateful for your word. I thank you, Jesus, 
that it is possible for us to have peace and discover courage when we understand that even when we walk through dark valleys, Jesus, you are with us and you will see us through. And I pray this in Christ's name.